This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is On The Mark, and I am so happy to be with you today. A lot on my mind. Got my buddy, Jake Valerius, sitting next to me. You really are mad at me today. I'm furious. What are you so mad about? So, before Carm asked me to be on this podcast, I had one request. I said, Carm, if I'm going to do this with you, I need you to send me a list of talking points. What we're going to talk about on this show, 24 hours before we record. And what time did you get the topics today? I got the topics today. It's currently noon central time. Yeah. I got the topics today at, I want to say, around 10.45 a.m. Central Time. Hour and 15 minutes, plenty of time. But I'm That's not- 23 hours late. Not only has it been a problem this week, you have failed to meet the 24-hour deadline every single week we've done this. Do you want to set up a consequence for next week? Because I will, even though it is my podcast. Every time you do it late, you buy me lunch. Every time... Okay, and what happens if I do it on time, say the next five weeks in a row? What do I get? I'll buy you lunch. Okay, so five weeks in a row, I get lunch. And for every week in there, I buy you. Yep. Are you feeling any better right now? I need you in a positive mindset. I'm feeling much better because okay. I'm going to get a lot of lunch out All of All right, this. here we go. Fine. 24 hours before. That means on... on uh, Monday at noon. Monday at noon. But see, okay, and, but I want to throw the caveat in there, Jake, that I can add things in. Like, yeah, la- absolutely. Breaking news is fair game. If it happens after the deadline, you got to add it. That's fine. Like last night, LeBron, Ben Simmons, we're going to have to get to that. David Fisdale, we're going to have to get to that. A lot of times these things need to be timely. We've got to get to that. You not being the radio you know, pa- uh, podcast veteran, knowledgeable, extraordinaire that I am, I understand your anxiety around these things. See, I'm just a little bit more seasoned than you. I get it. You need a little bit more security. I'm gonna, I, I will deliver that for you and for myself and for On The Mark. Sure. Okay, thank you. Can we talk about me getting my car stolen on Thanksgiving night at 9 o'clock in the beautiful suburb of Highland Park, Illinois? What were you doing? So I go to, I go to Thanksgiving dinner at my girlfriend's, bring my father to, the, to uh, her family for the first time. Big move, right? Bringing the dad in there. And, uh, you know, we got 
It's always dangerous Thanksgiving with my dad. I've taken him to a lot of Thanksgivings with coworkers. Well, not a lot, but I took him to a coworker Thanksgiving. He invites me. I bring my dad. My dad gets into politics. He's very liberal. They were not. It didn't turn out particularly well. I was worried about uh, something like that happening here. And and for the most part, it, it all ended up fine. Drove Papa Fred home, and now I'm headed back to the city. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I should get gas. Gas is cheaper out here. Don't put, don't put it off. Do it right now. A la the podcast. Don't send them send the topics. Just get it done, right? So I pull off, and I, I, I go to where I always go get my gas. And I'm a little sick. I don't know if you can tell right now. It's, it, I'm getting better, but then I was, it was worse. So I figured, you know what? I should go get some tea. I had an overnight show that night at WGN Radio. I'm thinking to myself, get some tea. You know, maybe go to the bathroom. Boom, boom. So I, you know, oh my God. It's history. <sighs> just fitting. We'll, I'll explain in a minute why that means so much to me that that phone just rang. But so uh, I pull in. You know, I, I, I go in. I, I set the pump. I run in. My, my car is being filled up. I'm inside. I come out. And uh, the car's gone. Because I, you know. I, Where'd it go? Uh, it went to the south side of Chicago. It was stolen by a, a collection of four who did leave me three lighters, an Arizona iced tea, and a Chicago Bulls hat. I don't know if they knew I was a Bulls fan. Was the iced tea full? No, it was about half drinking iced tea. Oh, that's rough. Would you have taken a sip of a half drinking iced tea? I would have thought about it. I mean, I did not think about it. I thought it was a hard pass. It was a. It was an easy. It was a hard. Do I even want to touch that bottle? Get the. You violated me. You violated my car. How about the hat? You worn it? Uh, the ha- you know the hat is still. I mean the car's at the body shop now. The hat's still lingering. I haven't done anything with the hat. What kind of hat? Chicago Bulls hat. Cap. Stocking yeah. cap. No, no, uh, baseball cap. Baseball. Yeah, that's pretty nice. You look good in that. Maybe I should wear that around as a as a. You had the last laugh. Yeah, right. I got car the hat. hat uh, pretty much equivalent. I got the hat, man. 2014 Accord totaled, but I got a hat. It was totaled, pretty much. Where I mean, I'm crash it. I'm hoping that it will be totaled because you don't want back a crashed car and all that. You want a you want a fresh set of wheels, fresh. That's true. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I I would like some sympathy from you right now, and also if you want to feel free to call me an idiot and say that I need to learn my lesson and that uh, you know you live life recklessly. Reckless things like this will happen to you. You can say that too. What would you like to say? I'm sorry this happened to you, but if you don't learn from this stupid mistake, mm-hmm. I will be a lot less sorry the next time. Uh, okay, I'll take that. So the the biggest concern, by the way, was I had my stuffed animal in the back. Arnold the duck. Arnold the duck, who I'm holding right now. You can't see that in podcast land, but I'm holding him right here. He He took the ride. He got really stoned. But he survived, and he's had a bath. I don't know if you can tell. He's fresh. He uh, does we, look pretty fresh. I mean, we, we walk, like, feel that. Feel how soft that is. This guy was, he was put in one of those lingerie bags, put him in the sink, washed him, took him out hand washing, dried him with the blow dryer, and here he is, ready to go. Arnold the Duck, all fresh and ready. Is it weird that uh, you do a podcast with a guy who's got a stuffed duck? Stuffed animal duck? What's up, Arnold? There you go, buddy. Is that weird? How old's Arnold? Arnold's old, man. Older than you? I've, well, not older than me, but I've had him since like 86. That's a long time. I mean, that was Jordan's third year in the league. He averaged oh. 37 a game. 
Bears won the World Series. The Bears won the Super Bowl, yes. Same and thing. Cubs did not win the World Series. <laughs> Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. Cubs that, won the Super Bowl. Right, right, right. Well, the, I guess technically the Bears did win in 86, although I always think of them as the 85 Bears. All right, let's get into the show. Good to be with you today, Jake. I, 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 feel, I feel full. I feel better. Uh, all right, I want to start out with um, what's going on in Tennessee and Greg Schiano, who was an assistant coach at Penn State in the early 90s, and then he went to Rutgers, where he had an unprecedented run of success for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, never done anything, went to a bowl game in six of his last seven years. Then he moved on to Tampa Bay in the NFL, who obviously did their research on Greg Schiano, didn't work out in Tampa Bay, ends up back at Ohio State under Urban Meyer, who I think knows what he's doing and is their defensive coordinator. And, and now Tennessee, at least for a moment, wanted to hire him. But the people in Tennessee went bananas because Greg Schiano was on that Penn State staff and may or may not have known something about Jerry Sandusky. And, and my take on this is that, look, he's got a resume and a half of work since then. And I don't know what he saw, and you don't know what he saw. But I know there's a million people who know the guy who will go to bat for him. So to me, it would have been a great hire for Tennessee. Here's a guy that was able to do what he did with Rutgers. Tennessee's a better program than Rutgers. Not as good of a program as people in Tennessee like to think they are. But, you know, and it's been a long time for Tennessee. But you would think that he would be able to step in there and do well. But now they're still searching. Your thoughts? It's a tough one. I mean, yeah, he has the credentials. He probably would have been a good hire. But, you know, when you're doing your due diligence on a hire like this, you don't just look at what's he going to do from a performance level. You evaluate the person. You evaluate whether they have anything in their past, like a connection to the Jerry Sandusky scandal, that might disqualify from the, them from the job. I can only assume Tennessee looked to the guy knew he had this in his past and decided they didn't care and then decided after a lot of people freaked out about it that, okay, I guess we do care. Let's just say for argument's sake that he did see something happen at Tennessee, at, at, at Penn State. Let's just make for argument. And, 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 he, and he came to uh, one of his assistants and, 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 they, and they ended up doing nothing. Should that mean that he should never coach in college football again? It depends on the individual organization doing the hiring. Each, you know, it's, well, cer it's certainly not... For you, would you hire him? It, it, if, he, if he sat down and said, look, I just want you to know this about my past. I did not do everything that I should have done when I was at Penn State under Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky, and I will forever, and I will forever regret that. Uh, and it's, it's something that I, I can't... I, I don't even like to think about, but... It is a part of my past, and I want you. I want to be completely and utterly clean with you guys as we go through this process. I would hire him. I would put in certain stipulations about, you know, expecting certain conduct of him. I'd probably expect him to be kind of. I. I mean, I think they should do this sort of thing in the NFL and stuff. And players are found guilty of all the heinous crap they're regularly found guilty of, where. If you are convicted or otherwise get in trouble for this stuff, you should be required to 
you know, be involved in certain charity programs and this sort of, you know, making people aware of all this sorts of stuff. So with certain requirements, yes, I'd hire him. Okay. So, so would I, and I'm not, and I don't think that in any way, shape or form gives a pass to what he, what he did or did not do. We do not know, but at some point, it's not like he was the he wasn't he's not Jerry Sandusky himself, which does uh, at, at you know that guy can't ever work anywhere again. Belongs in, in behind bars where he is. This guy, who knows what he saw or didn't see? I I just don't I just don't think it's right. And the other thing that feels off to me, Tennessee has had just had a two hundred and two and a half million dollar settlement where. You had women coming to the university and saying there's sexual misconduct going on here. They didn't do anything about it. And then they paid them off. And now you're having a university trying to get all high and mighty when you look in the mirror. And but, it's- but I don't think they're getting high and mighty. I think they, they clearly weren't because they wanted to hire him. And they only changed their mind when a bunch of people freaked out about it. So, like, you know, their fan base is making them become high and mighty. And that's the other side of it. What part of that that makes me uncomfortable too? You have a fan base who, when it comes to college athletics, I love the passion, but let's be honest, there can be a little bit crazy and over the top. So to cave to the fan base when you know this guy, you would think a whole lot better than they do, to cave in and be like, well, all right, if if all our fans don't want him, then we when then and our boosters are threatening us, then, then we have to change our mind. That's way too much power for the boosters, way too much power for the fan base for me to feel comfortable. Like, you're, you make the decision. If you win, they will come. There's no question. I agree with that. I mean, I think the biggest loser in all of this is Tennessee. I mean, for them to make a decision without considering what the possible backlash could have been then to clearly have been surprised by the backlash to such an extent that they changed their mind, for them to do all of that suggests that there is something wrong with the leadership in that organization. And Greg Schiano, it's rough for him too. I mean, who's coming calling Greg Schiano now? Like this, I, no, I was. I mean, there are worse things to be than a defense coordinator at Ohio State. Of course, okay, we don't have to throw a huge pity party. At, granted, he's making you know over a million dollars to be a defensive coordinator at Ohio State. I'll tra- I, I'll, I would do that. I'll I'll trade places with him. They would friends. suck at defense, but yeah, they would. Suck. I would be very wealthy. You would be, and that'd be great. I, I'd be rooting for you. All right, let's get back to my uh, let's go let's go passion to uh, some NBA and Kyrie Irving and LeBron James and. You know, it's, there's a great piece put out by Brian Windhorst, who the title was a Bre- breakup with Kyrie Irving has unlocked the best of LeBron James. And basically it's, it's showing that, hey, you know, these guys used to split the fourth quarter, take it shots, and neither of them were really dominating when you looked at the stat lines. But, but now James is first in the league in fourth quarter scoring. He's got 168 points in the fourth this year. That's just under, that's just over nine a game. Um, you know, and Irving is fourth with 125. Last year they were 20th and 21st. And it just goes to show that, you know, everyone's looking to LeBron now because Kyrie's not there and he's delivering, which is great for LeBron, great for his legacy. And right now it's working for the Cavs. They've won eight in a row. So are these two better apart? That's I think that's a that part gets to me a huge leap because when the money time comes, 
He's going to want Kyrie around. Yeah, exactly. I don't really understand the idea that this is good for LeBron James. Maybe it's good for LeBron James if all he cares about is winning another MVP, but I think it's pretty clear his primary focus is winning a championship. Is it good for LeBron James that he's playing almost 40 minutes a night during the regular season to drag a crappy team to the playoffs? Is it good for LeBron James that he's being so overworked that he needs to lead the league in fourth quarter scoring just so they can be above 500? Like, this is the sort of stuff that comes back to bite you as superhuman as LeBron is. This is the sort of stuff that comes back to bite you in the playoffs. See your future, be your future, I feel you. And it's just like, I mean, it's, we know LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. That's not a secret. We all know that. It's not like Kyrie Irving suddenly made us realize how good he is. And I still think there's a chance he doesn't win MVP because James Harden is doing crazy stuff with Houston. And Who cares if he wins the MVP? It's, 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 but, well, exactly. Who cares? And that's the only possible benefit he could receive from boosting these numbers in the absence of Kyrie. Right. Well, he had 30, 13 rebounds and six assists last night. But, you know, what's interesting to me, you're talking about this team that he's playing on being... I don't know what word you was. It wasn't very nice. Crapolo. You know, you look at their bench last night. Cal Corver played 21 minutes, scored nine points. He was plus 25. Dwayne Wade played 25 minutes. He scored 15. He was plus 21. Uh, I mean, Amon Shumper was out there for seven minutes, didn't score. He was plus 14 because he was out there with these guys. Jeff Green was plus 25, scored 14 in 27 minutes. And Channing Fry was plus 23. Their bench is better than, than it's ever been. You got Wade coming off the bench. You got Jeff Green coming off the bench that you didn't have. You have guys that have been there longer now and Kyle Korver are comfortable. You can play LeBron with these guys, spread the floor. Uh, he's got some weapons that he hasn't had, and you're going to have Isaiah Thomas coming back. So, I mean, they're going to miss Kyrie, but the roster is, I, I think, is better than people are giving it credit for. I think it takes time. You don't just, you know, they were five and seven, but you got a ton of new guys. So it, ta- it takes a second to figure it all out. Plus the fact that they played a ton of games and motivation in the regular season is not going to be what it's going to be come playoff time. I will grant that this, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm being harsh when I call them crappy. But that start to the season is alarming. Even the Warriors on autopilot at like 50% don't come close to how bad the Cavs were. Some new pieces does not explain the size of the difference between what the Cavs were and what they have been at the be- or were at the beginning of this season. Like, LeBron James is still... I've been complaining about LeBron's minutes for years. He plays... He, I think he had the most minutes per game in the NBA last season. That's outrageous. This is a team that supposedly is going to sleepwalk to the playoffs, doesn't even have to try, get the second seed, and is still confident they're going to make the finals. And he's playing like 38 minutes a night? Yeah, but he let, 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 me, let, me, let me say one thing about that. He doesn't exactly play hard all the time. He, uh, he, in the fourth quarter, what makes LeBron, or one of the many things that makes LeBron who he is, is you could if there's a center that's going, you could put LeBron on him. Power forward, small forward, shooting guard, off guard. He can guard all of them. But he doesn't guard that guy until they absolutely need a stop in the fourth. And on offense, you know, a lot of times he's facilitating, but he's not grinding himself to the level that, you know, you know, a true, like a point guard that's really 
bringing the ball up, driving in the lane, kicking, resetting, all that type of stuff. He doesn't. I think he just knows how to manage his minutes better than most because he's just so talented that he doesn't have to push himself physically all the time. He does it in spurts, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's been able to, you know, stay on the court as effectively as it. Plus, he takes breaks during the year. He'll take a week off. He did that once. He hasn't played 82 games in nine years. That's not the same thing as taking a week off. Okay, hang on a second. Let me let me let me pull. Now now I got to pull up the stats on you. Let me pull up the stats. He takes weeks off, dude. Come he on. He took a two week break two seasons ago, when they won the championship. Last year he played seventy four games. He, he played seventy six, sixty nine, seventy seven, seventy six, sixty two, seventy nine, seventy six. You got to go back all the way. He, he hasn't. He's never played eighty two for that. He's played. He played eighty one in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And he and I and he's played in terms of minutes more than possibly anyone ever in the NBA or way up there, way more than most guys at this equivalent stage in their careers. Because you've got to factor in the fact he's played, you know, a couple extra seasons just in terms of playoff minutes in there. I I, I think he's overworked. I, I wouldn't disagree that he's overworked. I I I, I agree with that. However, he's shooting the best that he's ever shot in his career right now by a long shot, by the way. I mean, he's at 58%. Last year was 55, and it's just, I mean. I mean, you don't need to persuade me how good he is. I know how good he is. He's unbelievable. He is, you know, either the second best or the best NBA player don't. of all time. Let's not have this argument. But the, the point is, you know, back to your initial claim about him and Kyrie, Sure, his numbers are up. Maybe it'll be a nice little cherry on the cake for him to get another MVP award. And by the way, he was cheated out of one by Derrick Rose, his now teammate, who may be retiring. Every time Jordan didn't win the MVP award, he was cheated out of it by Barkley, by Carl Malone, by whoever you want to pick, for the record. This is not about Jordan. Okay. But thanks for making it about Jordan. It's always about Jordan. You know this. Uh, well, it is with you, but you've got a problem. And no, I just, I mean, yeah, LeBron, LeBron's doing great, but of, of course LeBron's doing great. When's the last time LeBron wasn't doing great? LeBron's going to do great. LeBron's doing great. I, and this whole narrative that, well, they're, you know, maybe they're better apart. Well, uh, no. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be better apart when it comes to actually winning the games they care about. Right. Their individual statistics, though, may very well be better uh, with Kyrie in Boston and, and LeBron. But is that even a surprise? Like. I I didn't I I would have sold LeBron short on becoming this fourth quarter dominator that he's doing so far this year, I, and and you could call me a fool for that. I also think we're paying more attention to this because they had such a bad start. If they were what are they like thirteen and eight, thirteen and seven, and thirteen and seven. If they were thirteen and seven and they had never dipped below five hundred, they had never had that losing streak. They weren't losing games to the Nets or the Magic or whoever it was, if that hadn't happened and they'd just been a solid, like, one game over 500 team the entire season, I don't know if we're, we're paying attention to this. I think the narrative is, oh, they're doing the same thing they always do, which is they're drifting through the regular season. Now, you want, now you're making me want to look at their schedule. They have losses to Orlando at home by 21, too. Wow. Um that was their first loss year. They lost at Brooklyn. They lost to the Pelicans. They, lo- they got smoked by the Knicks. That's hard to do. Got, got smoked by Indiana. Lost to Atlanta. That's impossible. Lost to Houston. 
So really, though, since that Atlanta loss when they, they slipped to 4-6 and six on a 117-115 game at home, uh, since then they beat Milwaukee, they lost a tough game on the road to the Rockets, and then one at Dallas, one at New York, one at Charlotte, beat the Clippers at home, one at Detroit, one at home versus Brooklyn, one at home versus Charlotte, one at Philly. None of those games are very impressive, by the way. No, but they're, they're in the East. They don't need to win the big games to make the playoffs. Christmas Day on the road at Golden State. They're going to lose by 1,000 points, except for there's a possibility Curry and Durant both get rested. We'll see. Because no. Steve Kerr is a, Steve Kerr's not is a monster. He's not doing that. He is. He's a monster. All right, here, let, let's move on real quickly to uh, David Fisdale, who uh, was fired by the Memphis Grizzlies after uh, they've been in the tank losing eight in a row. Um, Vince Carter, who has defied time 20 seasons in the league, I just want to read you this quote, which came out of uh, The Undefeated. I think it's pretty interesting what he said. Quote, it's unfortunate he's a great guy. It's bigger than basketball for him. Let that sink in. I like that. That's like a Popovich type of thing. Bigger than basketball for him. He wants to teach guys how to play the game and teach guys how to be men, men of service, men in the community. It's unfortunate when you see bad things happen to good guys like that because he wants the best for his guys. He would tell all his players, my job is to get you paid and get you some money in this league. It wasn't about anything else. Of course, the organization wants to win, but he wanted to see guys reach their potential. I don't know why. I don't. It's just unfortunate. It makes you shake your head sometimes. It's a business. I think that's super cool. Hey, man, you got a talent. I want you to maximize it. I want you to make as much money as possible, and I want you to be a man, and I want you to give back, and I want you to have influence in this world, and hopefully we'll win some games, by the way. It's, that's almost like a college coach talking right there. You know, it, your career at some point is going to end. Real life is going to come back in. I want you to be someone of, someone of substance. And, uh, and, I, and I want you to be super rich. And I want you to be able to do whatever you want to do and, and have influence. I, to me, you know, that's a guy that, whose team that I would want to be on. And I, him and Marcus Sol had some falling out. I don't know the in, ins and outs of it. But... I thought those comments from Vince Carter, and I've always enjoyed David Fisdale. When he would get to the podium and, and defend the Grizzlies and how he thought they were getting jobbed by the referees because they were Memphis and they weren't the big bad Spurs or whoever it was, I, 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 I enjoy David Fisdale. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a bummer. I think everybody, especially since Take That for Data, has had a soft spot for him. And word on the street, this Mark Gasol thing may have been kind of the final nail in the coffin for him. They have a bad start to the season. Someone's got to be the fall guy. But it's also worth remembering, at, at the beginning of last season, a lot of people thought that was the year the Grizzlies finally, their playoff run came, run came to an end. And it, they were really good, and they made the playoffs easily. Um, so, I mean, clearly, I think he's a good coach. I think he's got a lot of goodwill around the NBA. I think we're going to see him in another job soon enough. Uh, it, I, I did like him. I thought he was a good fit at that organization just in terms of personality wise he's had some bad luck Mike Conley's injuries are really hurting that team as well um but you know someone that cool for all the reasons you stated he's gonna he's gonna be all right I think you know who's not gonna be all right I don't know who so this is before your your time a little bit I was born in uh 2015 right uh the the Chicago Bulls they once had 
a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. And then Mike retired because after he won the World Series in '86, after he won the World Series or the World or perhaps the NBA championship in '98, back to back three peats. The Bulls, he retired because Phil Jackson left the Bulls. And Phil Jackson left the Bulls because Jerry Krause said that Phil Jackson wasn't going to be here anymore. And Jerry Krause went out and he hired a guy by the name of Tim Floyd. Tim Floyd. And Tim Floyd at the time said, you can say a lot of things about me, but don't call me Jerry's boy. Oh my. Which, of course, he was. Tim Floyd and Jerry, they loved to go fishing, get in the boat, talk, talk basketball. And then he brought him to Chicago. And it, and it wasn't Tim Floyd's fault. But the Bulls went from being the Bulls to being the worst team in the league, winning 17 games. And it ended miserably with Floyd getting fired and, and, and Bolton Town and then bringing in Bill Cartwright to get some measure of credibility back. Why am I bringing up Tim Floyd right now? Tim Floyd was, as of this morning, the head coach at UTEP. And he had won 466 games as a college coach. Five different schools. He also, after the Bulls, by the way, coached the New Orleans Hornets. I should mention that. But UTEP has now lost five in a row. They're one in five. And Tim Floyd said it's, quote, the right time. and It's my last game as a coach. Tim Floyd retired 63 years old. Tim Floyd. I like that midseason. It's right Mid- in the middle mid-season of it. Midseason walkout. You know, e- you know what? I've had enough. Not even midseason. I mean, we're in December. This thing just kicked off. You got six games. He's about... He's, he's one-fifth of the way in. More, more coaches should do that. I'm just out of here. I suck. Easily. I'm old. I don't care. I've got enough money. See you later. One and five. Powerful move. Very strong. UTEP lost to a school by the name of Lamar. Lamar? Lamar. What are you going to do, Lamar? Lamar took him out. I wouldn't have retired losing to Lamar just for the simple fact that I wouldn't want my last game to be against Lamar. I don't know who Lamar is. He lost to Lamar, though, so you got to respect Lamar. I don't have to respect Lamar. Where's Lamar from? Lamar. Is Lamar just one person? Lamar. Did you see the Gophers play Alabama three on five? The Gophers play Alabama three on five? No, I did not see that. (laughs) It was was madness. I don't know. It was over the weekend, one of those days. Gophers playing Alabama. Alabama's entire bench gets sent off for encroaching on the court. The whole bench goes, like, immediately after one of their guys fouls out. Immediately after that, another one of their guys twists his ankle. I thought you weren't allowed to play with three. I thought you could play with four. No, there's special rules if you literally have no players to turn to. So they played three on five, and Alabama, they were down by, like, 20 or something when this happened, and they almost came back. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the Gophers, who apparently are composed entirely of idiots, just <laughs> ran down the shot clock like every time and then heaved up like a horrible mid-range two or a three and kept missing their shots. And this one kid in Alabama who's apparently extremely good and going to be in the NBA, um, he was just lights out. And they almost came back, but they lost. I'm going to have to go watch the tape on yeah, that Yeah, you're going to have to watch tape on that one. Uh, Lamar University is a nationally ranked college in Texas. It says here that uh, Lamar University is one of the fastest-growing universities in Texas. It offers more than 100 programs from bachelor's to that's, that's not an adjective you, uh, you, you want to have in your, in your description. Fastest-growing. Lamar University Athletics. Lamar. 
What's that record? Uh, I'm getting there here if we can. Here we go. Athletics, Lamar University. Harrison's hot shooting leads to victory. Against UTEP? Apparently that must have, hang on a second here. Uh, it's a bad job by me. Atwood nets career high in victory. LU men to host Jarvis Christian. Hang on a second here. Well, no, I mean, they've got lots of wins here. They, Lamar beat Jarvis Christian 103-66. Lamar beat Jarvis? They crushed him. I thought they were friends. Uh, this is, this is, uh. This is a deep dive into Lamar that I didn't think was going to happen. Hang on, now I'm, now I'm in the LeVar basketball schedule. Just beat UTEP. Before that, they beat Southern. Did have a cup, tough loss to Cal State Bakersfield. But they've only lost one game. They're 5-1, and one, which is the opposite of Tim Floyd, 1-5 and five at UTEP. So Perfect. There, so Symmetry. There, so there. All right, I want to wrap up with uh, the hometown football team who we mentioned here, the 1985-86 Chicago Bears are not the 2017 Chicago Bears who are uh who can't even throw out the garbage. Are they good? No, they're uh they're 3 and 8. Oh, is that bad? That's not great. I, I know you're yeah. aware of how bad the Bears are. So here we go. They're playing the Niners on Sunday. That's going to be excellent. That's that's a huge matchup uh at, at Soldier Field. Here we go. A rotten this is from Rich Campbell in the Chicago Tribune. It's worth reading. A rotten 24 hours for the Bears. Featured quite the stench Monday. Literally. The smell of spoiled fish permeated Hallis Hall. That's where they practice. After the long holiday weekend that included the Bears 31-3 loss to the Eagles, which was disgusting. First of all, they tried to get out of there. They had a three-hour flight delay. They're on the flight trying to get out. There's a mechanical piece that's not working. They fly in a mechanical piece. The mechanical piece they flew in didn't take to the plane. Then they had to go get a new plane because they were, they were running out of time, whatever it was. So it took them forever to get out of Philly. Then they come on home. When Alice Hall opened for business before Monday, there was a strong, unmistakable smell of rotten fish. It lingered into the late afternoon. Coach John Fox indicated the source of the stench was spoiled sushi that was served last week and quite apparently not disposed of sufficiently. So they ate fish, they had sushi at Hallis Hall, and then they left, and no one has any accountability in that damn organization as they continue to tread water or not even tread water with losers like John Fox and Mark Tressman, who just won the Grey Cup again in, in the CFL, and haven't been to the playoffs in seven years and are under, under 500 for the sixth straight year, they can't even throw out the garbage, man. I mean, is that like an appropriate post-practice meal, sushi? No, I, I think it's like the it's like the higher ups in there having some sushi. Oh, not even the players. Well, that's what I think. Maybe it is the players having sushi. I don't think that's post practice wear. No, neither do I. I think it's like it's just the the whole. So it's it's the it's the hot shots. It's yeah, the big wigs. Yeah, I'll have like a, a little meal, and then they and then none of them have any accountability. Don't realize that perhaps the cleaning crew is not going to be there on Thanksgiving, so they just all leave their crap around. And I mean, whole, this more than anything else, I think, explains why they're so bad. This is it. We finally figured it out. This is it. You can't even throw out your own garbage. This man. sort of oversight is the difference between three and eight and eight and three. Uh, there's no question. You, if you can't do the the basics, like dispose of a sushi, 
How could you ever win a Super Bowl? I'm disgusted. Uh, it's, it's vile, and they should be caught on the carpet, and that's why we're here on On the Mark to do it. I don't know if anybody else is going to take this hard of a take on a non-throwing out of garbage, but this is a symptom of a deeper, deeper, larger scale issue that is putting a whole smell on the entire franchise that is the Chicago Bears. Throw it out. Garbage. Get rid of your garbage. That's a message from Jake Valerius. You can follow on Twitter at... Jake Valerius. Spelled... J-A-K-E-W-A-L-E-R-I-U-S. I am at the car. Much easier. You can get that done. The car. At the car. Without a car. But I do have a phone. Which just <laughs> rang in the middle of the show. And a duck. And a duck. Arnold the duck. We're here every Wednesday at noon. And uh, we'll, we, we like to bring special guests onto the program as well. But you just got us this week. Hope you enjoyed it. We will see you next time. Feel free to rank the show. Give us five stars. Let people know. We very, very much appreciate it. It's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.